If you're an American conservative, you know that the societal values we hold sacred are under attack. They are hanging in the balance. How can you protect those values? By staying informed. The Closing Argument will deliver news and supporting evidence you need to support and defend those values. Here's Paul Smith. Good morning, this is Paul Smith, your host on The Closing Argument. In this podcast, we discuss some of the important but controversial moral, political, and legal issues that affect us and our families. Today, we're going to talk about the recent Supreme Court case of Federal Election Commission versus Cruz. Yes, indeed, that's Senator Ted Cruz. It was decided by the Supreme Court on May 16, 2022. Uh, this, this case itself is, is not gonna be a a very significant case, but it's worth taking time to look at this because of campaign finance reform issues and how it relates to that, because that has been a gigantic issue about 20 years ago. And since passage of the Bipartisan Campaign Finance Reform Act of 2002, uh, the issue seems to have gone away. That's good because uh, the Campaign Finance Reform Act was a colossal mistake. But first of all, what happened in Cruz, and, and the interesting thing, uh, Senator Cruz represented himself in this case. Um, so he ran for re-election in, for the Senate in Texas in 2018, he ran against Beto O'Rourke. Uh, Cruz prevailed, but at that time, that was the most expensive senatorial campaign in the history of America millions of dollars were spent. And one of the provisions of the Campaign Finance Reform Act is this, that it's okay for a candidate to lend money to his campaign, but in paying it back, that is for the campaign to pay back the candidate for monies, there is a prohibition on there. And that is that you can only pay back uh, a loan up to $250,000 using funds that the candidate gets after election. So what happened in this case, uh, Cruz did lend money to his campaign. He lent $260,000 to the campaign. He prevailed. He continued to run uh, fundraise after the campaign. And so he paid himself back, or the campaign paid him back $250,000. But they were not able to pay him back the the remaining $10,000. So that resulted in the lawsuit that made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And and Cruz argued that that provision in the Campaign Finance Reform Act should be stricken as unconstitutional because it it was just not fair, had nothing to do with... with, uh, any proper regulation of speech, Supreme Court agreed with him. Um, so again, that was an interesting law. That, uh, maybe the most interesting thing about this case is for people to realize that this type of thing goes on, that candidates loan money to their campaigns and then they try to get, get reimbursed after the campaign. The, uh, the federal or the, the courts have been involved in regulating campaign finances at least since 1976 in the famous Buckley versus Vallejo case. And in that case, the court said, well, 
we will allow regulation of contributions to a candidate in federal cases, but we're not gonna regulate expenditures. Well, then in 2002, uh, Bush was in the White House and a bipartisan commission, uh, well, group of senators, uh, John McCain was kind of in the lead of those on the Republican side, and they, they passed this law that had several regulations. One of the regulations that was very concerning to me was a regulation on what they call soft money. And the distinction between soft money contributions and hard money contributions is that hard money means contributions that go to help a particular candidate. Soft money is money that isn't for any particular candidate. So in the bipartisan Campaign Finance Reform Act of 2002, a regulation was put in place that uh, within 30 days of a primary or within 60 days of a general election, that uh, groups cannot use soft money uh, contributions to back a particular named candidate. Now the soft money ads therefore are basically issue ads. So um, I objected to that because the one exception uh, that was in the law was that this prohibition applied against corporations and campaigns, but not against the news media. Now the news media has been very biased in favor of democratic and liberal candidates for many years. And I was furious at this gigantic exception that allowed the press to say whatever they want, but tied the hands and shut the mouths of campaigns and, and, and corporations and other interest groups. I felt that was totally unfair, a, 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 an unfair regulation of the most important and, and uh, free speech that we have, that is political speech. Well, uh, the law was passed when George Bush was president. The signing of it is worthy of note. Often the president will gather people together and, and have a party when he signs a bill and he'll use 20 pens and, and write a word with one pen and give the pen away and they'll celebrate what a great thing it is. In the case of signing this law, he did it under in the secrecy of night and left town and there is there is no celebrating of it and i was upset at president bush for not vetoing this bill it had significant flaws and i that if you know what happened during president bush's uh eight years in office he was very reluctant to ever veto anything and he should have vetoed some some very bad legislation including this one all right no sooner did it pass than uh, Senator McConnell uh, filed a lawsuit and challenged the Bipartisan Campaign Finance Reform Act. The Supreme Court upheld the act in 2003. Uh, this was a, a surprise to me. It was a five to four ruling and you had justices Rehnquist, Thomas, Scalia and Kennedy uh, voting to strike down the act but Justice O'Connor sided with the, the liberals. And of course, uh, Justices Souter and Stevens, who had also been appointed by Republicans, 
years before, they also sided with the liberals and they upheld this act. I was very disappointed in the result then. Then things changed. Um, four years later, the case, a similar case came to the court and the court effectively overturned that part of the Campaign Finance Reform Act. Now that was in the case of Wisconsin, uh, right? well, Federal Election Commission versus Wisconsin Right to Life. It was in 2007. Now at that point, the, the different result where this, this uh, regulation was, was struck down was because of a change in court personnel, in my opinion. Uh, Sandra O'Connor uh, had retired from the court and, and also Judge Rehnquist uh, had passed away. In the meantime, in their place, uh, Justice Roberts was appointed to replace Rehnquist as, as Chief Justice and Judge, uh, Justice Samuel Alito took place of, of uh, Justice O'Connor. Well, that basically changed it from five to four one way to five to four the other way because Justice Alito and Kennedy both uh, voted to strike down that provision. So this was very important. What happened in the specifics of the Wisconsin right to life case was in that election, uh, Senator Feinberg was opposed to uh, some fetal right to life protection measures and he was filibustering them. So Wisconsin Right to Life wanted to run an ad that was an issue ad. They weren't going to mention Feingold's name, but they acknowledged that it would uh, affect that race. So they acknowledged that the Bipartisan Campaign Finance Reform Act prohibited what they wanted to do, but they said that prohibition is unconstitutional. So they ultimately prevailed. And, uh, and so that's where we stand today. The uh, Campaign Finance Reform Act results from people trying to do two things, trying to keep money out of politics and trying to prevent special interests from having too much interest. The problem with both of these is that, that speech is inextricably connected to politics. It is by spending money that a candidate's image and his views are communicated and where he can obtain more followers. You cannot separate money from speech. And those who are able to buy the better ads and um, that are effective will do better. Similarly, uh, if you were to list the special interests you wanted to keep out of government, maybe you could keep them out. I don't think it would be constitutional, but you would just be allowing other interests to take their place. And so therefore you would be choosing between which interests you think should have access. So both of these um, efforts really make no sense. It's like trying to dig a hole in water. You cannot do it, of course. And, uh, and that's what the campaign finance reform is like. It makes no sense. So where we are today, the, uh, some of its, uh, some of the, the act remains in, in effect. Uh, Senator Cruz challenged this one aspect and, and prevailed because in his case, uh, there is no dispute that the regulation on repayment of loans did have, would have some effect 
on political speech. So how can you say that it's okay for him to use $250,000 of post-election contributions, but it's not okay to, to spend 260,000? Of course, there's no rational reason why the limit at 250 makes any sense in the first place. And furthermore, the contributions of individuals is already limited by uh, I think it's $2,900 per person per campaign. And, and so the Supreme Court said, if, if a regulation on political speech is to withstand scrutiny, you've got to show some quid pro quo relationship between the regulation and, and how that, would, that regulation would prevent uh, the corruption of, of something in a campaign. And of course, they, they couldn't do that, that it was uh, just impossible. Well, I hope that discussion is helpful for you today. The case, the Cruz case is kind of neat because we have a, an active, uh, very uh, vocal and influential senator who is a party to it. And uh, But the case itself will probably be forgotten. But the importance of campaign finance regulation is a big deal and other aspects of this will certainly come to light in the future. Just remember uh, that the liberties we enjoy in America can be maintained only when its citizens are moral and informed participants in the democratic processes. And, and this podcast, I think, will help with that. I, I might mention that I recommend that you go to my website, cpaulsmith.com. I have a number of books there. One of the most helpful one, if you really want to get into some of the issues that have happened uh, beginning in 2000 two up to to the present is my book the state of the constitution 2017 you can find that and purchase that online as well as other books dealing with some of the uh issues that are that are very hot topics today including the fetal right to life argument and climate change hoax issues thank you very much we'll see you next time <music>